Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of season two of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me two of the members from Nebula Creatives, Rujani Mahajana and Christian Stanfield. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us. So Nebula Creatives is a film and video production company. How did the two of you meet as well as with the rest of your team? We worked together at a previous place. And then Rujani started this company up initially on her own for a little bit. And then I got involved and grew from there. I started this company as something like an artist studio thing in 2005. My interest shifted to film and video around 2007. So I started to work on film and video projects more since then. And it started to work out really well. Considering me coming from an art and design background, I feel like I found my medium so I was happy that I stay in the film and video as my medium. There's a lot of film companies out there and one of the factors that makes your company different is that your mission is to further charitable and educational purposes within the film community. What influenced you to want to have this as your mission statement and to really push forth this agenda? Thing is because majority of our clients and people that we have been working with, the companies, one thing that they all have in common is they all care about their community and I personally started to feel like maybe we should just focus on that. We have some commercials, we have some other projects as well, but we can relate to these companies' missions and these clients' missions more. And now Nebula Creators is a full production company where you have videos and you have a whole team. Was that the start or did you add on to that as you grow? Whenever we have a project, we usually just reach out to people that we work with, freelancers and contractors. And if we have bigger projects, we bring in more people. If we have a smaller project, it's just going to be us, one or two people. I'd say the company is growing every year. We have a network of people that we tend to work with a lot. And every year we get a few more. We had some different projects. I think people also want to connect with us because we're open-minded. We're interested in working on other people's projects, not just on our own projects. That makes us a little bit more attractive. And now... Also with this company, you created a film festival, the Shortcut 100 International Film Festival. What was the driving force to create this? One of the things that we make is short films. There's not a huge market for them, so it was a way for us to promote other filmmakers in our larger community, a way for them to get their work out there and come together, network. We're not a typical film festival. We're more kind of laid back, where people can come see usually around 10 or so short films films. We do have an audience award where the audience votes for a winner. But mostly it was community-based, getting other filmmakers together, giving them a chance to show off their work, that kind of thing. Is there a particular focus with this film festival? I mean, you mentioned short films, but are you open to bigger films or is it more aimed at short films? We want to do short films for now, and it's also because short films need market, need to be out there more. These days, we start to see more of the places that short film distributions online, even on Netflix, but those are so limited, still very highly competitive and selective. It's all about connections. So we're trying to open to everybody. And one thing about our goal here at the end of the festival, we try to get into the distribution platform so that we can take the films that were selected to another level. And that's something we've been working on quite a bit. Where can people find out more information about this film festival and what's going on with it? For filmmakers, we're welcome for any submissions for the next year, probably start around March. We do have early submission views and we take anything from short films, no longer than 20 minutes, any genre.
genre? Anything? Animation? Documentaries? We try to always have a mix of different genres right. and stuff like that. And our website, nebulacreatives.com, once we open submissions again. We'll be on improveway.com. That's where the biggest place for filmmakers to go submit their films. And now, before we talk about some of the works you both done, I'm very curious about both of your backgrounds, as you have different backgrounds. Johnny, you were born to a Thai family in Bangkok, and Christian, you grew up in Wisconsin. What were some of your early influences in film? I mean, I was always interested in science fiction. I was always interested in stories that had something to say, had a message, whether it's like social commentary or something like that. And I think growing up, I was always a big fan of The Twilight Zone with just the mystery element to it combined with science fiction and also anime as well. I was a really big fan of Ghost in the Shell, Boogie Pop Phantom, Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> anything that has a unique story and something to say. Um, for me, I was growing up in Thailand, so I got to watch a lot of anime and also like a lot of Japanese cartoons like Doraemon, Kyutaro, Ninja Hattori. And I did read a lot of mangas too, because coming from that kind of culture, I appreciated Japanese artwork, the amount of time that they put into it and the creative drive behind all these stories or the artwork. It fascinates me. So I think that's how sci-fi kind of story in their manga or even anime put that in my head since I was a kid. So I'm attracted to seeing any films that have that message. Now, I know that for a lot of people, anime is a huge inspiration. For me, it's a big inspiration comic books as well, as well as science fiction and literature. Was there anything else that influenced you to kind of shift you to want to become a filmmaker and a producer? For me, I came from art and design background. Started off at design and then I went into art and then I started making a lot of sculpture and installation. And I started wanting to record this performance of how people interact with the artwork. And after I watched all the footage, I realized that, oh, this could be another piece of work. I feel like that's something that I could relate to people a little bit more through my video. For me, just growing up watching a lot of movies, what really got me interested in them, and I came to Chicago, went to film school, and the rest is history. And now to talk about some of your work, starting with Rujane. You made your directorial debut with Man and His Erection, which was a documentary focusing on male sexuality. How did you come up with this idea? I came from the architecture background, and I always tried to find a relationship between form and space. And human psychology also very important to me as well. So one day, the inspiration for that particular documentary came from when the Trump Tower was being built by the Chicago River. At the same exact time that Calatrava Tower was being built, both projects started almost the same time. But Calatrava Tower, a nice sculptural form of art going up in the sky, and it's supposed to be the tallest building in the world. It's going to go even taller than Willis Towers. And Trump Tower came in, and then he built his tower, all shiny, with his label on it. And a lot of Chicago designers, they discussed why these two buildings are so unique and maybe we should talk more about what motivates these two people to build two separate projects. They both are skyscrapers but they have a different purpose. So I start from why men build tall buildings. It's mainly just a connection between inside and outside and I also wrote a narrative to go along with that. It's a story about a male porn star who experiences erectile dysfunction during his shoot. So it's something to balance it out because the real documentary part, the interviews are really solid and almost too rigid. So you just add some elements in there in terms of narrative of the porn star. It's a little bit more playful, a little bit quirky, just to balance it out so that it's not too architecture heavy or too silly. 
And you also worked on Parallel Universe and Outsight, which deal with psychological issues and exploring this other world and having your own journey. It's got a lot of wacky fantasy kind of aspect to what cannot be seen. For that particular project, it was more about showing something that is not easily being seen. It's something that's a little bit deeper than the outer surface. What you were saying is thought-provoking, making people think a little bit of themselves. I want my work to have an impact like that. And now to turn to Christian, you've been producing for a while and you've worked on various projects. One of your first projects that you worked on was a five-episode mini-children series for PBS. How did you become involved in that? That was back when I was in Milwaukee before I came to Chicago. And that was really probably the first big thing that I produced. And it was a pretty interesting experience. It was a Christmas show for kids. And it's something that they would do every year. And the main challenges for me were just the first thing I did on that level. And parts of it were filmed live in front of an audience. So just making sure everything is in place and together and nothing's going to go wrong. And for the part that weren't filmed live. We filmed a lot of different segments and trying to come up with interesting things that kids would like. We went to a reindeer ranch and did some filming with those and stuff like that. And being that this was your first big project at this level, was there a massive learning curve with it? A little bit. It wasn't the very first thing I did, so I had some experience, but I would say it did really teach me how to make sure you have everything together that you could possibly need so that no matter what happens, you're prepared which is a big part of producing anything. And now you've produced a lot of different things in a lot of different areas, including music videos, short films, documentaries. How does producing differ in all these three fields? The part I just said is pretty universally true. Documentaries are definitely different in that it's not just we need to get together a crew, we need to get together all the different elements that we're going to need to tell this story. It's more once you've researched your topic, you have to go out, find people who you can interview, who would make sense to interview, have something unique to say. It's more focused on what are some real life events that are happening that we can capture that show what we're trying to say. There's parts that are always the same, but parts that are very different from project to project. And now I want to shift to Nebula Creative's newest baby, Lab 99, which is going to be a film, and there's a comic book slash graphic novel coming out with it. So which came first, and how has the story developed? Well, I started writing the screenplay for Lab 99. This is 2010, 2011. It came from when the economy crashed badly, and I have some life-changing events going on at that time. So I tend to look back to my past more when that kind of stuff happened. And I realized that I've come a really long way, meaning that not just physically, but mentally. I grew up in some kind of culture where everything is expected. I never felt good about that. So I wanted to explore something else, some other places, I want to see more of the world. I want to learn more about people. I want to learn more about myself. I want to learn about things, everything around me. And that kind of inspired me to start writing a screenplay for it. And with many screenplays, all characters in the screenplay, play you should reflect a little bit more or less of the writer so I add myself a little bit into each character <laughs> one way or the other but it started off as something like a passion and now it has become something much more than that and now obviously the screenplay came first the film is we trying to fundraise for the film for six years there's been ups and downs but I think at this point we're working with Christian he was the one who suggested that we should let people know more about the story before we actually jump into the film by just 
just having people see the characters and understanding the world, explore that a little bit more and have people interested in that verse. And then there's so much more story behind that. What interested me in the story was it is a very unique take on a lot of common themes. And we see so many alien coming to Earth stories. Usually they're always trying to kill us and then we just have to battle them. But this was totally different. And I was fascinated by the idea of aliens coming to Earth and actually being peaceful and actually having this advanced technology that could really help us out. And usually in those scenarios, we just imagine we'll all live happily ever after. I think exploring what would really happen in a scenario like that and how would we react as a whole and how individual people like Siri, how she reacts to it. I thought that was a really interesting perspective to explore. And now to segue perfectly into what you were talking about, both of you, where did the idea of the comic book come from? first issue's out and you're raising funds for the second issue, what was the impetus to go down that route? The comic book, it's not the exact same story as the film. It's taking place in that same world and we just decided we would further explore some of the characters that are in the film but not the main stars of the film, some of the other characters and one of them was the professor and he's one of the two main aliens from Lab 99 and we wanted just to explore his backstory. We want to give people more character description because we both value psychology and we like the idea everybody has layers so to become a villain or to become where they are in the screenplay they all have things happen to them before so we just want to show what happened before that point in the screenplay and if you consider it as if Lab 99 was produced as a film before this comic book will be like a prequel of the film but it has not been produced you've both co-written the comic book do you find it easier or harder as co-writers to stay within the parameters of the screenplay. They both take place in the same world, but they're fairly independent. The direction we've begun taking is like a prequel to the film. So there's definitely parameters in which this story is unfolding, but there's also a lot of room to continue exploring stuff. It's separate enough that you can kind of explore a lot of stuff with the characters that we weren't able to in the film. And obviously the two of you are the writers on this comic. How did you go about finding your artist, Oscar Joyo, to illustrate the comic? He actually came through another friend of mine. He's a filmmaker. And I told him, I'm looking for a comic artist. Do you know anybody? And then he's like, yeah, I know one guy. He's really cool. And we've met and show some artwork. And we say yes. We look at his work and we think that it has some uniqueness. So we started working with him since last year. And I think he's also appreciated the story and wants to work with us at multiple levels not just drawing characters he also has some ideas he has things to add and to suggest that's valuable to us he's definitely contributed a lot both visually and come up with ideas of his own in terms of the story. And as a company with this comic book, you've taken a very interesting approach that a lot of comic book writers and artists are doing currently, which is to fund through Indiegogo. How did you choose this platform to fund your work? Not a lot of people know about this story yet, so we wanted a way to kind of reach out to people, tell them about the story. We created the first preview issue, which we're giving away for free to get people interested. We just wanted a way that we could directly reach out and talk to 
people, they could order the next issue right there. And then we'd be able to raise the funds to keep producing this series and keep getting more and more people interested. And being that you're going through Indiegogo, do you feel like you have more control versus if you were to go to a big publisher or a small publishing house to handle the comic? I think definitely. We were looking for a way that we could directly engage with our audience as we continue to build it. And I think this is the best way that we came up with. Currently, your Indiegogo campaign is going on for the second issue. Where can people find it so that they can order the comic and learn more about the project? Go to Indiegogo and search for Lab 99. And you can also go to our website. We have the link from our website as well. And now, I know that crowdfunding, typically there's rewards. Are you offering any rewards? And do you want to go and talk a little bit about them? So we have both digital copies and printed copies that we're offering of the second issue. And also you can get printed copies of both issues if you're interested. And then above that, we have, we're creating different character sketches, the, the main characters that we're giving away, poster. We recently just added two new perks. The first one is $1. You can get a screen grab of interstellar particles flying across the sky, and then we'll have all our team sign at the bottom as thank you. And that's in digital form. And that's for $1. And for 35 as our featured perk right now is you have a chance to be sketched as the Lab 99 Alien. <laughs> what you get with the $35 perk is you get a digital copy of the second issue and you will also get a portrait of you with your head drawn and then with our artist's imagination of your alien character and you will see yourself having your head and then your alien body and you also will be considered to be added to the background of our second issue as one of the aliens in the lab. And now you both have been involved in very aspects of film and both directing producing as well as writing the comic book and really getting this entire project of Lab 99 off the ground in various forms. What advice can you give to people who want to become involved either in the film industry or the comic industry or just in creating projects as a whole? You have to really understand what you want and what your passion is and you just have to keep working on it. It's not easy but you just have to keep going. It's definitely a lot of work but if that's what your passion is and that's what you're interested in, then you should go for it. And then finally, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Facebook, Twitter, website films, comics, social media? We're on Facebook. The Lab 99 is also on Facebook. The Nebula Creative, the company, is also on Facebook separately. We also have a Twitter account, the Nebula Creative Chicago account. We also on Instagram. Our main website is nebulacreatives.com and the Indiegogo. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode, and you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can definitely check out popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime comics and pop culture, as well as you can follow us on Twitter at popanimecomics and on our Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics, for all updates regarding this podcast, as well as the website. Until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.